सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेदावै ओं शातशाशाति गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम जप यज्ञ और द जप प्रोसेस or the stuti of the lord it is such a beautiful process such a benign process that for the rest of the spiritual processes there is so much of paraphernalia and so much of ingredients so much of other prerequisites and qualifications that we would want whereas for the japa there is no qualification required if you are a human being you are qualified that's as simple as that there is no qualification of what ashrama that you belong to or what kind of work that you belong to or what kind of background that you are from does not matter and japa yagna is the most user friendly the reason i call it user friendly is that you know to remember the name of the lord and keep repeating it you don't need to carry a book you don't need to carry a asan you don't need to carry anything wherever you are in whatever position that you are you can just constantly keep repeating the name of the lord see in doing the yagna there is one particular step when the havan that we do there is one particular step which is called prayaschitta prayaschitta because there is a lot of you know when we may not see it but for the subtler minds they see it as lot of himsa involved why the wood that we use could have lot of species in it lot of beings in it it gets burnt there are various things that are boiled and you know the water is boiled and there are a lot of things in it that get so there is a prayaschitta in japa there is no himsa involved it is the most easy most user friendly process and what to talk about it we are in kali yuga and in kali yuga there is no better sadhana than 
doing japa in this yuga so having answered this pavitranam pavitram yo mangalanam cha mangalam daivatam devatanam cha bhutanam yo vyayapita pita the one who is the father of this entire universe janakah janakah like the father so continuing in the 11th shloka it is said repeat after me yatas sarvani bhutani भवंत्यादियुगागमे युगक्षये इफ यू आर सर्चिंग फॉर विच लोक इट इज भीष्मोवाचा एंड आफ्टर दैट somebody can help her find identify the shloka <clears throat> so why there you know why did bhishma pitamah say that it is this one god who has to be worshiped what you name that god is your choice but essentially all these god forms are nothing but that conscious principle alone so since we are worshiping that conscious principle what is the greatness of this conscious principle so that is said in this particular shloka wherein we say yatah sarvani bhutani bhavantyaadi yugagame yasminscha pralayam nyanti punareva yugakshaye we all in this world did not happen or did not come to be as an accident that there was some bang it was really big one they believe i am talking about big bang theory it's still a hypothesis you cannot call it a theory there is still speculative analysis happening around it so there was this bang and all these particles fell out into the space and sun being the highest mass all these particles started revolving around it and earth happened to be the right amount of heat and cold and the right amount of ingredients required that first there was an amoeba unicellular and from unicellular there were you know multicellular and from multicellular we all have come about and this is what the science would say but scriptures all over the world not just in hindu scripture scriptures all over the world believe that there has to be a intelligent being who has created all this and that creator is the god that we need to worship what name and form you invoke that creator in it is immaterial why is that creator to be worshiped that supreme cause 
तस्य लोक प्रधान सॉरी यतः सर्वाणि भूतानि भवंत्यादि युगागमे इन द बिगिनिंग ऑफ दिस एंटायर युग एंटायर क्रिएशन युग हियर इज यूज्ड विद द अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ क्रिएशन नॉट द कृत युग बट युग मीनिंग द एंटायर क्रिएशन दैट इन द बिगिनिंग ऑफ दिस एंटायर क्रिएशन was the cause from whom this entire creation has sprung about and there is a deep analysis here that this entire creation was it created with some raw material but if, because if there is some raw material with which this entire creation is created then there would be some point in some near future wherein this raw material will go exhaust okay, the example that i give is how many rotis can you make as much as the dough that you have atta that is the raw material once the raw material is done then you cannot make them anymore but here the understanding is the lord did not create this entire creation as something other than him but instead the lord himself expressed and expanded himself as this universe yataha sarvani bhutani bhavantyadi yuga agame in the beginning of this creation that from whom this entire creation has spring forth from that paramatma in whom this entire creation goes back unto yasminscha pralayam yanti punareva yugakshaye unto whom all this creation goes back to in the end in the pralaya that paramatma is the only one who is worship worthy nothing else in this world is worship worthy that alone should be known that alone should be praised that alone should be worshiped look even at this standpoint bhagwan bhishma is not talking about a sectarian god he is talking about the very cause of this creation he is not talking about one particular form and saying that this is the only god that you have to worship he is saying whichever form that you invoke it is that supreme paramatma who is worshiped in that form that parameshwara alone is worshiped <clears throat> and the scriptures also say that yato va imani bhutani jayante now all this creation this comes in taitri upanishad that this entire creation comes from that paramatma sa ekaha he was one without a second he remembers his shakti 
His Shakti is inseparable aspect of His existence. Shakti is not something other than Him. Like I am speaking to you. My ability, my Shakti is to speak. I can withdraw speaking. Which I assure you by 9 o'clock I will withdraw. But my existence is not controlled by my speech. My existence is not controlled by my Shakti. I can express through Shakti, but I still am independent of that Shakti. Similarly, the word used is Maya. Maya is that divine aspect or that divine Shakti of Paramatma. And with that Shakti, he generates, he creates, springs forth from him, is this all creation. Yataha sarvani bhutani bhavantyadi yugagame yasminscha pralayam yanti yasminscha cha there indicates that from the creation till the last moment till the pralaya there is sustenance also meaning that who is the creator the sustainer and the one who dissolves everything wherever possible i don't like to use the word destruction because we who belong to kali yuga have a very uh, very graphic description of destruction in our heads as meaning. So I would say dissolve. Or other way, that I would call it as recycle. He recycles it and withdraws it back. Yasminscha pralayam yanti punareva yugakshaye. And because everything comes from him, the only one that can be really worshipped is that Paramatma alone. <clears throat> and continuing further, in the next shloka it is said, Tasya Loka Pradhanasya Jagannathasya Bhupate Vishnor Namasahasram me Shrunupapa Bhayapaham Tasya Tasya Kasya Tasya whom are we referring to? That That as described in the earlier two shlokas The earlier two shlokas were that pavitranam pavitram yo mangalanam cha mangalam daivatam devatanam cha bhutanam yo vyapita yatas sarvani bhutani bhavantyadi yugagame yasmins cha pralayam nyanti punareva yugakshaye tasya as described in the earlier two shlokas what is he loka pradhanasya loka pradhanasya <clears throat> he is the one who is 
लोकान हेतु विद्यास्थान प्रतिपद्यमस्य दैट वन हु इज वेल अंडरस्टुड बाय वेरियस लोकस एंड दैट वन हु इज प्रोक्लेम्ड एंड प्रेज्ड बाय ऑल दैट व्हिच इज केटरिंग टुवर्ड्स विद्या मीनिंग ऑल दैट व्हिच इज स्पोकन अबाउट प्रेज्ड अबाउट इन आवर स्क्रिप्चर्स दैट वन तस्य लोक प्रधानस्य Jagannathasya Bhupate. And what is he? He is also called Jagannatha. If you go to Orisha, now it is called Odisha. So in Odisha, they have Puri, they have Jagannath. It is not Jagannath, it is Jagannath. Recently, somebody sent me an email, and he seems to be a devotee of Mother. So, in English, it was like J O Y M A A. It took me a while. Then I read his name again. Then I understood that he is talking from the Odisha or Bengali aspect. Said Joy Ma. What he actually means is Jay Ma. <coughs> So in Jagannath, the idea of calling him Jagannath is he is the Lord of this entire universe. What does Jagannath mean? Jagatam Nathaha Swami, the one who is the Swami of this entire universe. What makes him the Swami? Yes. Maya Shabalaha, the one who controls Maya. That Maya which we just referred to in earlier shloka, that one who controls. So here, let me use this moment to go a little tangent. Whenever we are asked to describe God, we say, He is that energy. Here, Vishnu Sahasranama goes a little step ahead, subtler. It says, Paramatma cannot be called as energy. He is not Shakti. Energy means Shakti. Shakti is Maya. But he is the one who deploys that Shakti, uses that Shakti. Or the one who is the controller of Shakti. So, who is God? He is not Shakti, He is Shaktiman, the one who is endowed with Shakti. There is a subtle difference. What drives your car? Your Karwan. Karwan meaning, like you know, those who have Bhagya, they are called Bhagyavan. Those who have Dhana, they are called Dhanavan. You have car. So what are you? Karwan. <laughs> Not the ones in the desert. I am talking about this car. You are the Karwan. You have the battery. You have uh, the gas in it. You have every circuit in it working. 
it has the potential to move but cannot move unless the one who is owning it drives it where he wants to take it and the one who owns it is distinctly separate from that which has that potential are we not separate from our own car it has the potential but that potential has to be made use of by an intelligent cause which can use it maya shabalaha but yet nirlepascha he is not contaminated with the, the modifications that happen through maya very technical uh, but a very profound statement made here see all this the bulbs that illumine the space are because of electricity outside it is a little cold inside it is warm and cozy that is also because of air condition conditioned air and that conditioned air is because of electricity you hear my voice because of the amplifier which amplifies it and sends it to the speakers and now you hear the sound that is also because of electricity so you hear sound you see the conditioned air you see the illumination these are all the effects of the presence of electricity but electricity is not illumination sound or the conditioned air electricity stays unmodified if this example you know it it takes home the point similarly paramatma uses the maya shakti but does not get contaminated nirlepaha and that is why he is also called bhupate bhupate bhu bhava anything that springs forth to be to exist who owns it who is the actual lord of this entire thing that is bhu meaning the entire world of happening and the lord of entire world of happening is that paramatma alone that is one meaning from the devotional aspect bhagwan vishnu has two wives one is called chanchala who is chanchala devi lakshmi devi she never sits in one place for more than few minutes she keeps jumping from one pocket to the other to the other to other right talk is up today talk is down today everything gone chanchala doesn't stay permanent and the other one is called achala achala the immovable one and the immovable one is dhara devi bhu devi bhupate the one who is the husband of pati of bhu devi but here we are not yet into that meaning because here we are still talking about paramatma so the second meaning 
cannot be taken as to be interpreted in this particular context. Though further we are talking nothing but Vishnu. But at this point it is not that meaning. So, Bhu means that which has taken birth, that which has come to existence. And all that belongs to that Paramatma alone. Funny, right? We come in between. We claim that this much of the world is mine. Every time I come into this property, it sends me that vague feeling that two, two and a half years ago, this was a church. And now it is called a temple. Just with the change of the user. Before we both had owned this, this land must have been somebody else's. We have, we claim with our audacity that this is mine. But all that is actually is Paramatma. Jo kuch hai, sab kuch tera. And that is why we sing, tera tujko arpana. All that which belongs to you, O Lord, it is only that I claim out of my audacity that I am trying to offer but it is actually yours only. Nothing of it is mine. Not even for a temporary bit. Everything that is, is nothing but that Paramatma's alone, Bhupati. Now who is this Bhupati? From this sentence onwards, our <coughs> Bhishma Pitamaha, he now takes the name and form. Why? See, when you look at different Puranas and read it without a proper guidance, it can lead to amazing, terrific confusion. You read Vishnu Purana, Bhagavata, so it claims that Bhagavan Vishnu is the greatest. And all other gods including Brahma, Maheshwara, everybody worships him. No doubt they do worship. But when they say that that Vishnu is the greatest, it is not in comparison with other gods. Like when the child says my dad or my mom is the greatest. Are they saying it in comparison to the other moms and dads in the entire world? Are they making a statement, a presupposition that my mom or dad is the only great one, the rest of them are... <clears throat> no. By claiming that my mom and dad is the greatest, they are just showing their immense love. That's about it. And in between those gods, they don't have any confusion. Lord Shiva is the greatest devotee of Bhagwan Ramji. And Ramji, when he comes into this world, what does he do? He worships Lord Shiva. They don't have any problem. But those who worship each one of them, oh, they have such a struggle to get along with each other. Why? 
I am a Vaishnav. Two days ago, I got a, a real pungent email. Somebody must have watched it online. It says, you are not even qualified to speak on Vishnu Sahasranama. I had a big smile on my face. It was a long email. And in the second paragraph or so, I mean, first two paragraphs were like trying to denounce as to why I am not qualified. And then the third paragraph he says, why I am not qualified. First thing is, devotees of Vishnu put the sacred mark on their forehead, which is vertical. But you put the horizontal and speak on Vishnu, you are not qualified. They don't have a problem, why do you have a problem? Even Bhagavan Krishna, in Padma Purana, it very clearly says that he used to chant the Rudram and Namaka Chamaka of Bhagavan uh, Shiva and in his lifetime he had done couple of crores of such chanting and he was doing the Nitya Upasana of Bhagavan Shiva. Krishna himself had no problem with Shiva. Why do the devotees of Here, he says, that Paramatma I love in the form of Vishnu. This is the personal preference of Bhagavan. This is the personal preference of our Bhishma Pitamaha. And that Vishnu who is standing right in front of me. Because while he was narrating this, Bhagavan Sri Krishna was standing in front of him. So, this Vishnu, Nama Sahasram, because this Vishnu is that Paramatma, and I immensely love this particular form, hence, therefore, I will be educating you in this particular Vishnu Sahasrana. And one may ask, by listening to Vishnu Sahasranama, what is in it for me? By understanding and repeating this Vishnu Sahasranama, what is in it for me? So he says, Shrunu Papa Bhayapaham. He makes it very convenient for all of us in Kali Yuga. He says, just by listening to this Vishnu Sahasranama, Shrunu, Shrunvannapi, just by listening to it, Papam Bhayam Cha Apahanti Iti. It removes Papa. And the effect of Papa is Bhaya. Nowadays, when you go to, you know, the famous temples back in India, Vaishno Devi or, uh, you know, Sabarimala or Tirupati, you would find that there are millions of devotees coming in. 
If somebody asked, why is it that suddenly there is such an increase, influx of devotees? There are two reasons. We remember Lord, either when we are with Shraddha, with Bhakti, or with fear. That, oh Lord, I have done lot of things. You know, I know. I may be putting on a makeup of a great sadhu outside, but you and I know what I am from inside out. I am scared too. I have done that which I should not have. That guilt itself is the first sign of bhaya. Papa, Papa's effect is bhaya. So what is the promise of our Bhishma Pitama? He says, by just listening and understanding this Vishnu Sahasranama, both these, meaning the effect along with its cause, are removed. Papa and Bhaya are removed apaham. Apahanti removes, actually eradicates apahanti. That's the right word, eradicates. But what do you have to do? Tvam me mama mattaha chrunu ekagravana bhutva avadharaya. He says, sound reaches inside. Because there are no doors or windows closing those holes. You don't want to see something. All that you have to do is, because there are lids provided. But you don't have lids on your ears. So sound reaches. You hear. But hearing Vishnu Sahasranama and listening to Vishnu Sahasranama, there is a difference. What is the difference? He says, Mattaha ekagramanaha bhutva shrunu. Ekagramana bhutva with complete focus. And that is why before starting I request, please turn off all the noise making instruments. Why? Only as a speaker, as a teacher, I understand that to gather that many minds to one focal point is a big task. And then something distracts. It not just distracts one individual, but it distracts all of them. And to pull all these minds together back onto that single focal point... It's a draining effort. If you have done any public speaking or if you, you know that to catch attention is a difficult task. To catch that attention which you had but lost it because of some distraction, whether the distraction is within or without. And looking at the eyes, they are the portal. You can tell whether they are listening or hearing. 
Sometimes the eyes are open, but you can peep in through that there is nobody in there, it is vacant. I have patented some mudras. This is my second mudra. I am not a dancer, but still. This mudra is called vacant listener mudra. They are not looking at you with astonishment. They are not there, they are absent. They are gone. Whenever the subject gets too heavy, and I see that the percentage of such mudra is increasing. Then to release that situation, I say something humorous. Because everybody else is laughing, they come back. Okay, what happened? In one of the camps, <clears throat> I usually sit in the last row. So there was this elderly gentleman and uh, you know, he was getting lost here and there. So whenever people would laugh, there was this young Balvihar kid sitting and listening. He would tell him, what was the joke? So he told him once, he told him twice. And observing it from three, four rows behind. For the fourth time, he turns around and says, it was a joke, right? Just laugh. How does it matter, you know, I have to explain everything to you again. <laughs> Just laugh. So listen with that Shraddha and with that focal point. Ekagramana bhutva avadharaya. Avadharaya, do the dharana. Dharana, wherein you remember all that which you hear with Implicit purity. Dharana is the memory, medha. Let this directly get embedded into your memory. And there are people whom I have come across who have such amazing dharana shakti. That I met one, he's still there. He must be around 94-95. He still delivers public platform lectures with such authority on Mahabharata. And it's a, it's a joy sitting with him and discussing. Of the 100,000 shlokas, he knows 85,000 shlokas up here. I mean, he can inside out refer to the entire Mahabharata and pinpoint and tell you the shloka number also. That kind of precise dharana shakti. There was another Mahatma that I had met. He had that kind of profound scholastic and in-depth knowledge. His name was Balagangadarji. He knew with authority, with in-depth understanding, all four Vedas. He could refer, cross-refer to the entire Vedic literature 
all four Vedas, their Vedangas and everything included. You just have to meet such people. You sit with them and time, you just lose track of it. Such profound clarity with they talk each thought that there is no dogma in it. It's just that excellence just, you know, overflowing from them. That is called dharana. There is a word used in Sanskrit. They are called eka santagrahi. That they listen to it once. That it's up here. Effortlessly, I mean, it just happens. Don't worry if we are not there. There are other methods and means to constantly keep ourselves in that groove. <clears throat> Though on one side, we do say that, that this Paramatma is beyond all limitations. Then how can you even describe that Paramatma with names? And there are 2000 of them. So that doubt is clarified, that query is clarified by saying that it is that Paramatma alone who is expressing as this entire universe. And that universe includes all these sounds. So these sounds are nothing but that Paramatma expressing in Saguna Sakara Savikara form. That Paramatma which is Nirguna Nirakara, there is no Akara, there is no shape, there is no form, there is no attribute. But expresses with attributes, expresses with Guna. And that Saguna Sakara Paramatma in the form of Vishnu is being praised with these thousand names. Vishnur Nama Sahasram Me Shurunu Papa Bhayapaham. <clears throat> what are these names? So, in praise of these names, it is said Yani Namani Gaunani. Vikhyatani Mahatmanaha Rishibhiparigitani Tani Vakshami Bhutaye He says, O King, O Yudhishthira Vakshami I am going to narrate these thousand names. Why? <clears throat> Bhutani Vakshami. So that not just you, but for the good of all those who can hear this even after you. In benefit of all this entire humanity, I shall speak about these thousand names. Yani Namani, Gaunani. I mean, these names, what are they? Gaunani, Gaunani, Guna Sambandhani. 
that saguna sakara vishnu that we are talking that vishnu's guna various attributes are being explained as pointers to meditate on that saguna sakara on that form of vishnu now when you hear the word vishnu and narayana they represent two different levels like in <clears throat> vedanta shastra advaita vedanta shastra when we say paramatma paramatma means that supreme being param atma param meaning supreme atma being that paramatma when he becomes the cause of this universe then that paramatma becomes ishvara the word used technical word used is ishvara similarly when the vaishnava talk about paramatma they refer to that paramatma the nomenclature is little different they refer to that paramatma as narayana specifically shriman narayana is they are representing or they are referring to that paramatma supreme being that supreme being narayana when he takes form that which vedantins call as ishvara is nothing but called as or referred to as vishnu that vishnu who is responsible of or responsible for maintaining this universe is the maintenance in charge and he has lot of support group so there is vayu varuna indra agni various support groups and each one head of certain departments and these departments can be called their individual loka and they manage this universe sometimes there are certain troubles wherein they on themselves cannot manage so they all together rush to this vishnu and what does he do he comes down into the problem zone <clears throat> and that coming down is called avatarana avatarana is coming down coming down to exactly where the problem is and annihilate the problem that is his special duty so in 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 all his various endeavors there is so much of katha there is so much of stories of his accomplishes accomplishments of his and the guna and various uh, attributes of his that can be narrated so yani namani gaunani that which are related to all these gunas attributes of the lord vikhyatani mahatmana <coughs> vikhyatani vikhyatani means prasiddha prasiddha the translation would be famous but the actual meaning there is prasiddha is formed with two words put together 
प्र प्लस सिद्ध सिद्ध मीन्स दैट विच इज बीन प्रूवन दैट विच हैज बीन असर्टेड प्रसिद्ध प्रकर्षेन दैट विच हैज बीन असर्टेड दैट विच हैज बीन प्रूवन दैट विच इज द बेस्ट ऑफ इट्स ओन काइंड नथिंग दैट कैन स्टैंड कंपेरिजन टू नथिंग एल्स कैन स्टैंड कंपेरिजन टू दैट इज कॉल्ड फेमस somebody said but you know somebody ravana is equally famous like rama i said no rama is famous ravana is infamous there is a difference so vikhyatani prasiddhani mahatmanah mahatmanah you know various great mahatmas you know rishis and various other great mahatmas they have proven it with their own direct experience so what is being given is not hearsay but it is a well accomplished truth of experience that it is not a, a postulated hypothesis but it is a proven fact <clears throat> is there really god is there really that vishnu it has been experienced if they can experience can i also experience it sure if this vishnu sahasranama was not helpful in realizing it i for sure would not have been discussing on it first point and bhishma also says rishi bihi parigitani and this has been often referred to or often praised by the rishis themselves in various of their gitas various of their uh, messages that they have given to their shishya rishibhik parigitani tani vakshami bhutaye here adi shankara acharya ji says why is he talking about the entire uh, no, beings to, why is he talking addressing the entire humanity here he says purushartha chatushtha siddhaye purushartha chatushtha yarthinam iti so when somebody comes to the lord somebody comes with a desire somebody comes for arthati for some Uh, means that he is looking for as a support some come do it as a dharma and some come for moksha so whatever be the background of the devotee whatever is the intent of the devotee to all such to accomplish their purushartha the four purusharthas dharma artha kama moksha to all these purusharthas to fulfill them this vishnu sahasranama benefits <clears throat> and in and through when we are trying to read through this vishnu sahasranama we will be talking about symbolism of vishnu 
it should not be limiting our understanding to the standpoint that all this means just symbols. Symbolically, it is true. Historically, we will be learning about various stories. They are also true. And at a physical level, when there is certain reference that Adityana Maham Vishnu, that I am Vishnu among all the Adityas. And when they refer to that, you know, Aditya as Vishnu. Aditya also means sun. So, physically when they say that sun is Lord Vishnu, they also mean that physically Bhagavan Vishnu is that sun. So, physically it is that truth that they are talking about. Historically it is that aspect that they are talking about. And symbolically also it is applicable. And the fourth standpoint, as a sadhana for the seeker, as a pointer towards that supreme, at the adhyatmika level, also it is applicable. So, wherever possible, each name, we would love to look at it from all four perspectives, to get that comprehensive understanding of each name of the Lord. It is not just symbol, it is not just a historic fact, it is not just a physical representation, but also a sadhana, a means to reach to that Paramatma. <clears throat> so, thus having given a bit of introduction into Vishnu Sahasranama, with the blessings of the Lord today, I consider it as my lucky day because today we will be entering into the thousand names of the Lord. <clears throat> Om Vishwam Vishnur Vashatkaro Bhuta Bhavya Bhavat Prabhu Bhuta Krit Bhuta Bhavo Bhutatma Bhuta Bhavanaha Look at this. There is a scribe sitting on his head. I am talking of Vedavyasji, who was you know, composing this tuti. And in composing it, he has got such beautiful alankara here. Wherein the letters are repetitive. And each rep pair of repetition has a different meaning. For this Susamskritam program, when we were researching, we stumbled upon this great treasure book called the ancient Indian language called Sanskritam. There, the beauty of language is so beautifully presented in that book. There is one particular shloka. When you read that shloka, you are like, you know, what? It just uses two syllables. 
to form an entire anusthup chandas 32 words i mean not 32 words but 32 syllables one is ya and the other one is a ya 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 so you hear that and look at it and say ya ya but the way they split those words when there's such a beautiful alankara there alankara means beauty alankara is also a integral part of grammar how you arrange these words so what does that shloka mean it means that i am worshiping that feet of paramatma which takes me directly to that mukti may that devotion unto that feet be formed how they split ya aya ayaya ayaya how they do that split the meaning changes and just to talk about alankara while i was reading sanskritam learning sanskritam there was one work of i think 1000 shlokas you read from front to the last shloka like every word you go left to right <clears throat> the 1000 shlokas narrate ramayana from the last shloka's last syllable you go right to left those 1000 shlokas in reverse explains mahabharata isn't that amazing and the whole construction is very complex sanskrit that has been used but it's such amazing to find that one order you go it is ramayana the other order you go it is mahabharata and that is called alankara Now imagine with the pressure of somebody writing with the uh, understanding that you stop and I stop, and he creates such beautiful prasa alankara, wherein he says, "Bhuta bhavya bhavat prabhu, bhuta krud bhuta brud bhavo, bhuta atma bhuta bhavana." <coughs> Yeah, that is the beauty of sanskrit that i just got carried away it will happen many times so bear with me whenever i get carried away by sanskrit i just love that language okay coming back to vishnu sahasranama <clears throat> we call this as vishnu sahasranama so technically what should have been the first word to start with the vishnu sahasranama when we talk about ishavasyopanishad why is it called ishavasyopanishad the first word there is ishavasyam idam sarvam yatkincha jagatyam jagat tena tektena bhunjita magradakkasya sudhanam ishavasyam so it's called ishavasyopanishad the first word some people say ishavasyam is 
not the first word, Isha is the first word. So they call it Isha Upanishad. So we start with the first word. Well, what is the first word here? The first word is to describe the Lord. Bhagavan Bhishma says that it is Vishwam. See, our intent is to find that Lord which cannot be seen, which cannot be heard, which cannot be tasted, smelled or touched. That Paramatma who is beyond our Indriya Agocharam. That which is not perceivable by our limited organs of perception. Indriya Agocharam. That is the effort. And if we cannot find Paramatma in that which already is, can we find that Paramatma which cannot be found through these perceptory organs? So what should be the first focus? So the Shruti says, our Upanishad says that Asti Iti Chet Vedavyam. Asti Iti Chet. We say that this entire creation is nothing but an expansion and expression of that Paramatma alone. We are not talking about just sentient beings. When you read some other religion and their scriptures, they say that only human beings have soul. 50 years ago, only white human beings had soul. Now they have started including that everybody has soul. Animals don't have a soul. That is why you can kill them and eat them. That is one of the logics. So we are not talking about just the sentient. We are talking about every aspect of this creation, sentient and insentient, mobile and immobile. Characharam, sarvam is nothing but the very expression of Paramatma. Where is God? Where is that Paramatma? That which we are searching is this Vishwam, is this universe. That universe in which we are an integral part of. Every particle, every Everything in this universe is nothing but that Paramatma expressing. That is why when Prahlada, I love that name. Prahlada means the one who in spite of all happenings around still remains Ahlada. Ahlada in that beautiful balance of undisturbed peace within. And what, what did his father not do to him? We talk about miseries in life, compare it with Prahlada. 
And we talk about trauma. What trauma? Child abuse. <laughs> Child abuse to the power of infinity, that which he had to go through. And one of the abuse that we talk about is being neglected by the loved ones. It's a trauma. Go to the psychoanalytical uh, analysis and they'll say that it's a huge trauma that will impact the entire childhood and their growth. All these wackos who go around doing lot of... Uh, they go around with a spree of killing. They will convict them, everything done. Then somebody will start researching on them and find out they had a traumatic childhood upbringing. I am not trivializing it. Don't get me wrong. Yes, there may be a trauma. Who doesn't have a trauma? If we are born, we will have problems. If we are alive, we will have problems. Once we are done, those who are around us will have a problem. <laughs> How to dispose this body now? But until then, we will have problems. On a humorous side, in the house that I live in, behind our Saket Ashram, I go for morning jog. So there is this pole, post, lamp post. So one day I was crossing it and the lamp post called on me. Yes, Swamiji. How can I help you? Said, yes, you can help me. So what happened? You know, you human beings are so lucky that when there is a problem, you can at least duck, dodge, run. You can do lot. But I am stuck here, I can't move. He said, what problem do you have? I said, don't get me started on this, said the pool. He said, what? I said, three houses down your lane, there is this elderly gentleman, their grandfather who lives. Every day, rain, shine or uh, no, snow, takes his dog for a walk. When a lamp post can have problems, <laughs> we as human beings will have problems. I am glad at least this crowd, I did not have to go in detail to explain it. <laughs> there are some crowds that are like, come again, what was the joke? What was the humorous side? I said, go home and think. We will have problems. Look at Prahlada. And what was his intense experience? His intense experience was when his father demanded, you talk about this Hari, this Vishnu. Where is that Vishnu? That choice is yours. Because <laughs> he says, I cannot find a place where that Vishnu is not. 
tanume kanu kanume like he is in you he is in every particle around that of his uh, you know pride and audacity he says is he there in this pillar and out from that pillar comes out nrsimha bhagwan the story is one part the other part of it is that what was the experience of that great prahlad that he could experience that paramatma he could he could visually see that paramatma in and through every particle see whether we understand this concept or not you know, of seeing that paramatma let us assume that every particle is paramatma that lord which you worship is in every particle every aspect if that paramatma is in every aspect of this creation that paramatma which you love which you adore which you trust in is in every particle how should you be dealing and interacting with everything around you can there be a flippant attitude i'm not saying that you know you don't like snakes and spiders so paramatma is in there go hug them you maintain your distance but don't dislike them at least you don't need to be a you know all hugger going and then hugging everything no not necessary don't go to the extreme you can at least not hate them and these kids in this country they use that word such liberally it has got lot of negative depth to that word i was giving a i was distributing some prasad and this kid looks at me and say i hate green apples and my question to that kid was what did this green apple do to you to hate it you may not like it i'll give you another fruit and so liberal is a mom i hate you yeah there is nothing worth our hatred in this world why every aspect of this creation every particle of this creation is nothing but paramatma alone so when we deal with beings when we deal with things what should be the shraddha what should be the bhava with which we interact with it what should be the satvikata that should be developed when we cannot see paramatma in that which you can see already can you really fathom seeing that paramatma which you cannot see with your visual aid asti iti chet vedavyam first learn to perceive that which is in front of you as nothing less than paramatma i was with a mathadipati dandi swami dandi swamis are those who carry that danda with them <clears throat> so early morning when they wake up 
when they take shower, <clears throat> the new cloth that cloth that they have to wear, including their langot or uh, their uh, uh, you know vastra, before they adorn that cloth, that cloth, the first thing they do is do sashtanga pranama to that cloth first. The padukas that they wear, the wooden sandals that they wear, the footwear, padaraksha. Before they step onto it, first thing is they will touch it themselves, touch it to their heart. That is Paramatma. There is nothing which is not a Paramatma. When they drink water, when they use water, when they pluck flowers from the tree, when I was standing there in tears. Before they pluck flowers from that tree, they bow down, touch the root of that tree and pray, O oh Mother, I am taking these flowers only to be used at the Lord's feet. This may hurt you, please, Kshantavyam. Please forgive me for hurting. Can you understand the sattvikata behind it? The purity of mind and action in it? That they perceive nothing less than Paramatma in it. Even for our abhyasa, day to day practice, How we use our things, how we interact with our things, how we, everything that we do, how consciously we are interacting with it. From that perspective that it is a direct interaction with Paramatma alone. Why? Vishwam. That this entire universe is nothing but Paramatma alone. Entire Vishnu Sahasranama, one side, just the first name, how powerful it is. How, I mean, our my entire mindset can be changed with this meditation on that one word that represents Paramatma. Vishwam. Vishwam. Vishwasya Jagatah Karanatve Vishwam Brahma Iti Uchate. For the cause of this entire universe to be as is, we call that Parabrahma, we call that Paramatma as Vishwam because it is his Sakshat expression. <clears throat> Vishati iti Vishwam api. Vishati, having created, he has entered into every being, every particle as the very heart of that particle, as the very soul of that particle, as the very dharma of that particle. What does dharma of that particle mean? You remove that, subtract, subtract that particular 
dharma from that element, that element does not, cannot exist anymore. Remove heat and light from fire. Is there fire? So, heat and light is its heart, it's its dharma. Vishati iti brahma. Vishati iti vishwam. Having created, he has entered into every particle, everything, every being as its very core as its very dharma. Hence, therefore, it is called Vishwam. <clears throat> there is not a single thing without that substratum being its core. And I had already mentioned this. This is the very concept that we start Balavihar with. Akhanda Mandalakaram Vyaptam Yena Characharam Tatpadam Darshitam Yena Tatpadam Which Padam? Which platform? Padam means platform. Are we referring to Akhanda Mandalakaram? Khanda, non-homogeneous. Akhanda, homogeneous. Mandala akaram, homogeneous mass of consciousness. Where is it? Vyaptam yena chara acharam. That which is permeating, sustaining as the substratum of that very being, of that very thing in this entire universe of chara and achara, mobile and immobile. That padam is vishwam. That very truth which sustains everything as it exists, that is Paramatma and that is the Swarupa of this Vishwam. That is why when we say, you know, don't touch the books with your legs, don't touch the pen with your legs, don't touch the bag with your legs, or when you are holding on to the Shastra, we make such fun of the Sardarjis. But have you ever seen them when they handle Guru Granth Sahib? When their holy book is handled? And that is called Bhava Shuddhi. Purity of Bhava. They would not put their book down they would always hold it in their hand. Why? It is that respectful. For the mind corrupted with this education system might conclude that it is hardly paper on the print. But that for them is Sakshat Paramatma. 
everything that as a hindu mindset what has been said that everything is worship worthy it is not based from their primitiveness that they were afraid of the natural forces hence therefore started praying everything or praying to everything but it was from this understanding of subtlety that every particle of this universe is nothing but an expression of paramatma hence therefore worship worthy विश्वम विश्वस्य जगतः कारणत्वम being the cause of this entire universe that paramatma is called विश्वम the second reason is that विशति इति विश्वम he enters into this entire universe as the very core of it heart of it hence therefore this entire jagat that we see is nothing but that paramatma alone i think today i will leave you with the thought of vishnu meditate upon it try to understand find the depth of that particular world <clears throat> we will continue with the rest of it manyana tomorrow yeah i was trying to show off my spanish yeah it was poquito poquito om purnamadah पूर्णविदम पूर्णात पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवावशिष्यते ओम शांत शांत शांति हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम